This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Now, spreading freedom across the nation, this is The Buck Sexton Show. Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hut. Thank you for being here. Great to have you as always. Oh my, interesting stuff going on in the news. Uh, Pompeo down on Capitol Hill, I think that's still ongoing. It was when I had to switch off my uh, tv or rather my laptop posing as a tv no cable over here it's how we roll i know the more you tell me not to say a team by the way the more i like saying it uh there is this continued discussion that's happening about the trump dossier and the trump dossier is bunk it is nonsense it is crap and yet you'll see that they still use this as a means of jumping off into any number of stories. Now it's the media had been lecturing us for weeks on fake news. The Trump dossier is that that is a that is fake news. I mean, to base a story or to release a news story on completely unsubstantiated fact, I don't think it. I mean, yeah, it can get more fake than that. Fine, I'm not going to overstate it, but that's pretty fake. That's pretty fake. A lot of people now pretending that they don't know the difference between uh, rumor mongering and scandal chasing and reporting. And you'll see that CNN was sort of pointing fingers at BuzzFeed saying, oh, we just reported we just reported that there was an addendum in the official classified briefing given to Trump that talked about this, these allegations. We weren't reporting the actual details of the allegations. First of all, clearly there are people who are leaking, and I think it's most likely it's coming from within the the Senate. Uh, it could be coming from the Obama White House, by the way, because Obama also knows what the he's still the president and he knows what they're telling Donald Trump. So this is dirty pool. Let's be very clear about that. There there are people who are explicitly violating their duties and perhaps, well, not in this case violating the law because they didn't disclose any classified, but they are acting in an unethical and unprofessional manner by letting the world know what is contained in a classified Trump briefing. And and I would say that there are many, and I, well, they will never get on the phone because they still work in the CIA and some of them can't even really talk to me anymore. But if I got some of my old colleagues from the agency on the air, they would tell you that even just broad stroke subject matter that is given to the president by the briefer each day. The DNI now is the coordinating point. It used to be the CIA really ran that briefing, but now the DNI brings it in from all across the community. Just knowing what's in that dossier, not in that dossier, just knowing what's in that um, briefing book 
could be considered classified under certain circumstances. Depends on what it is. So people shouldn't be talking about this, and they are. So let's start there. Uh, this is, did you see this sort of thing happening when Barack Obama was coming into office? Was anyone, was anyone leaking the contents of the PDB or the general overview of what was contained in the PDB when Barack Obama was going to be president? The answer is, of course, no. So this is an, adm an administration in waiting that is under siege right now. That's the truth. And CNN saying, oh, we just reported that we just reported on the report. Well, at some point, that's unethical as a journalist. At some point, that's problematic in and of itself. And I think CNN crossed over into it. it it's an org go down the line. Do you think Jake Tapper's pro or anti-Trump? Do you think Anderson Cooper's pro or anti-Trump? Do you think Wolf Blitzer is pro or anti-Trump? Well, with him, maybe it's a little bit more up in the air, but I'm pretty sure he's anti you think Aaron Burnett is pro or anti-Trump? Don Lemon pro? I mean, go down the line of every anchor on their air and then understand that the producers are working with them as well and the producers are, many of them, graduates of you know, Columbia Journalism School, which is just a leftist factory. They hate Trump. When I say they, it's the media more, uh, more broadly, but also as somebody who spent time inside CNN during the election i can tell you not enough time because harder to box me into a corner than some of the others as a side note by the way i think it's worth pointing out that they really enjoyed there was a certain glee that cnn and, and some of the other anti-trump networks had in putting these guys on tv We're like hey, what do you mean yeah, yeah trump said this he said that whatever this what he, he says what he says they thought that that was doing irreparable damage to Trump. So you have to understand, they were getting good ratings from it, and it played into their prejudices against the Trump administration supporters and just the administration in general, or the campaign, I should say, when it was still trying to beat Hillary Clinton. So they're putting guys on TV who are kind of, hey, these guys and those guys, and, you know, a part of the Trump campaign. And they weren't doing that because they were trying to give the Trump team a fair shake. They were doing it mostly because they thought, look at these clowns. They're, we're just going to keep putting them on TV. We'll just throw battering rams at them with different panels, and we'll, we'll have our anchors trip them up, and it'll be great theater. Hey, from a business perspective, tip my hat to them. Their ratings are way up, for, for, were way up for the year. I'm sure they're still up now. But there was also a political aspect to it, and we shouldn't forget that. There's a political aspect at work on every show, on every network. We're not children. We know this. Let's not pretend. I, I uh, just roundly reject the notion of, quote, objective journalism. Facts are objective. Journalists are not. Okay, back to the main thread here. So they report on the addendum to the PDB given to Trump or whatever it is, the background briefing, the deep dive. I I'm not even sure what they call it. Uh, a little insider baseball for you. They change the names of the different versions of memos inside the intelligence community all the time, and I don't, I don't even know what they're called anymore. I'm, I'm an anachronism in that sense. I'd be like, yeah, why don't we get that thing going, the schmurgermurger burger that we used to give to the top head of the whatever agency that now probably has been subsumed into another organization so it all changes all the time 
But now you'll see that, okay, it's out there. And BuzzFeed had this completely disingenuous interview. Do we have some of the BuzzFeed audio with uh, Chuck Todd, by the way? If we don't, we should pull a little bit of that. Uh, I should have sent that last night during my deep dive. Yeah, let's let's get some. We'll play it later on just so we can sort of get a, a taste of that exchange. And the BuzzFeed line on this is, well, people were talking about it, so... Keep in mind that people were talking about it, so we felt like we could share it. Keep in mind that there are documentaries out there. I don't know if you see it. There's at least one documentary that I know of where they talk about Barack Obama's father isn't really his father. His father was a, a, a communist, uh, an African-American communist, and, and there's a, a very elaborate theory around it, and there's a whole documentary about it. I don't think that CNN and NBC News and all that – we're running with that one. Hey, just just putting this out there, guys. But there's this really elaborate theory that I think the guy's name is Frank Marshall Davis is Barack Obama's father or not. You, you can Google that. There's all kinds of stuff out there. I don't think they were running with that one. That was out. I mean, a whole documentary made it, not just a couple of pieces of paper that some ex-spy pulled together without any vetting or anything of any kind. Spies get crap information constantly, constantly. People make up stories to tell spies all over the world, whether they're working for a government or the private sector. This is one of the hardest aspects of the entire trade craft that you have to apply to your work as a spy, although we don't like to be called spies, really. They prefer to be called officers of the agency for which they work. So you don't say, oh, I was a spy. Uh, or, you know, they say I was a former CIA officer or former NSA officer, whatever the case may be. Uh, spies or and, and agents are also, it's not a CIA. Anyone who says I was a CIA agent, not telling you. Well, I should say anybody who worked for the CIA as a staff employee who says they're a CIA agent doesn't know what they're talking about. That's not how. This is a big tell. This was like when somebody on the street came up to me and was telling me he wanted money and he said he served and he, he served the military in Afghanistan. And I sat down. And I wanted to have a talk with him. I said, wow, tell me what's going on. And you're down in your luck. What's happening? He said, oh, I served in Afghanistan. I said, where'd you serve? Uh, you know, I don't know. Afghanistan. Well, what unit were you in? Do you have a, a card from the VA? Can you show me anything at all? I mean, no. Generally speaking. I think it's fair to say that somebody would remember their unit and where they served in the military. Uh, so that was pretty much how that conversation went. And same thing with people that claim to be in the intelligence community. I can always I can usually tell when they're, first of all, inflating or exaggerating what they did based upon the kind of words they use. There's a lot of that that goes on. And also when someone is just making it up. Oh, I was a, I was a, a deep cover CIA agent. It's like, what? Please. Uh, but back to this report, this dossier, it's fun to call it, the dossier probably gives it more authenticity than it deserves. There's all these stories now. See, this is this is the, the gosh, I'm stumbling more than Obama at the beginning of his farewell address. I don't know if you heard that. It was he was having a tough time. Uh, they now run stories about the story. So even though the story is nonsense, they're saying, well, this British, this British uh, former what is a former MI6 guy, I believe, uh, that they're naming here uh, is supposed to be, this is according to the Guardian, UK newspaper, 
ex-MI6 officer Christopher Steele is the author, the compiler of this anti-Trump dossier. And now they're running all these additional stories, too, for context. But it's really to keep this alive. See, they've created this spark in the minds of the public based on a falsehood. And now they can take the digital bellows of links and retweets and everything else to to further the flames here, to, to make them grow, to expand them. And they do that by writing stories on actual honey trap operations. Honey trap or honey pot operation is using sex to get somebody to either betray their country or give you information they shouldn't give or uh, just get you in a compromising situation like the videotaping of the prostitutes that was alleged in that uh, in that dossier and this is something the Soviets have done for a long time and it's something that other intelligence services around the world do it, it is a very effective tactic uh, the, the Israelis have famously employed uh, some similar-ish tactics in the past it, it is very effective so that's something to keep in mind. It's still going on, right? It's still a situation where uh, you have the Russians that they didn't change their methods of operation just because the Soviet Union fell. They have training. They have institutions with legacies that continue on well beyond the fall of the wall. And so, sure, there are honeypot operations that are going on. But when you start to dig a little deeper here, first of all, the Trump dossier yesterday said that there was no, um, that he really had no financial, vested financial interest in Russia. So that's a huge swing and a miss. The Michael Cohen meeting in Prague was, and it's good that there were details like that in there because it was easy to disprove right away. That didn't happen. And then you get into the video of Trump doing the stuff that we talked about yesterday, and I won't get into those specifics because we talked about it yesterday and it's gross. It just didn't add up. Really? That's what Trump's going to do? He's not an idiot. I know the media likes to think sometimes that they think every Republican is an idiot. Mean, I guess maybe they let Mitt Romney slide on that one. Mitt Romney's a little too Brahmin uh, blue blood for them to start saying that he's a complete moron. But they really do think that Republicans are dumb. Uh, Trump uh, would... Uh, say what you will about the guy. To do the things that they were saying in the dossier, I just no way. This is a guy who's been in the public eye for as long as I longer than I've been alive. He he, he obviously has a what's the word um, has an appetite for ladies, but he's able to. He's been married three times and he's dated all kinds of supermodels and everything else. He's not doing this anyway. See, I'm getting too deep into it now, too. It doesn't really matter. And this is what ends up happening. By refuting the nonsense, you get pulled into the nonsense. Uh, but I all right, I want to get into this some more because uh, there's updates on it. And also you got Obama saying that he may commute Chelsea Manning's sentence. You can change your name. You can't change your gender. Uh, you will commute Chelsea Manning's sentence. Uh, you've got hostage video from uh, an American, purported hostage video from the Afghan Taliban of an American, and I believe also an Australian that's been released. There's a lot of stuff. Pompeo down on Capitol Hill getting grilled. We've got a lot of show, team. Be right back. Buck Sexton. The Blaze Radio Network.
Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. You're listening to The Buck Sexton Show only on the Blaze Radio Network. So Rosie O'Donnell's still a person who says things that people sometimes pay attention to, I guess. And she tweeted out, in all caps, from her verified Twitter account, I fully support imposing martial law, delaying the inauguration until Trump is, quote, cleared of all charges. I read. I thought to myself, she was a comedian at one point. From what I understand, she did very well. She made a lot of money, uh, which is a shock to me. I just Trump and Trump and is this a joke? Is she trolling? I think she must be trolling. Then again, I see there's a lot of serious response to the internet. But that's the bizarro funhouse mirror America in which we find ourselves right now. I can't even tell all the time if it's a joke. And I love the jokes. I love the funny stuff. I fully support imposing martial law. Can you tell me if a celebrity writing in all caps that they support the imposition of martial law and the stopping the peaceful transition of power? Are, are we, could we think that's a joke? or Do you know? I don't think you can know. I think a lot of them believe this. A lot of them do. Look, BuzzFeed's about to get little... Uh, clickbait pantsuit and there's a lot of people who are making very foolish decisions because of their hatred or fear or both of the Trump administration and celebrities have just taken this thing to DEFCON 1 of course funny to use that because none of them know what DEFCON 1 means or is Um, and it sounds military so it's probably some scary Halliburton conspiracy right But, yeah, you got these people out there who are pushing this stuff, and it's tough to know when when they think they've gone too far. Uh, Just to to finish a a thread here that I was hitting in the last segment. Raw intelligence is not intelligence. Raw intelligence collection, and this is now, I'm going back into my CIA playbook here. And I went through all the different agency training, not just the cool stuff with the bang, bang and the driving fast. I did that, too. What's up? But lots of time in classrooms, ethics, legal stuff, all that. Tradecraft as well. The tradecraft of a spy is not karate chops and uh, dead drops, although, well, maybe dead drops, but uh, it's not karate chops and laser watches. Uh, The tradecraft of a modern spy involves much of the same skill set as a journalist, as I've said to you. It's one of the reasons why the transition from spy to journalist is one of the easiest career transitions you can make, as long as you can separate in your head the classified from the not. And what what I see here is that there's been this forgetfulness that sprung up all of a sudden that, you know, the FBI does background checks on people, 
that involve all kinds of, you know, your ex-girlfriend, your ex-wife and husband, your neighbor who hates you and thinks you make too much noise. And they trash people in those things. Imagine if the FBI released the raw files, which at one point were strangely out in the open in the Clinton White House under Bill Clinton, but that's a story for another time. Imagine if they released the raw FBI files on every U.S. official. There would be people who are trying to tell you that Mitt Romney or Mike Pence or Jeff Sessions, you know, is, is, is always rocking out with like a big blunt and hanging out with prostitutes. And you know, there would be people that make up crazy lies about individuals. And that then would be aired. Is that journalism to just sort of put this stuff out there? You know, is it journalism to say to somebody, when did you stop beating your the wife? Mark Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. So there was this exchange with BuzzFeed editor-in-chief Ben Smith and Chuck Todd of MSNBC and NBC where he pushed a little bit. I would have pushed a lot harder, by the way. This was a bit of a, this was a, a friendly jostling, you could say. This was a little bit of just sort of tapping the cage, not really rattling it, of the BuzzFeed editor-in-chief. So you publish unsubstantiated information. You publish just rumor. This whole notion that I'm seeing now forwarded all over the place that because this individual who brought this together, who's paid on the private side by Republicans first in the oppo uh, for oppo research, opposition research, and then Democrats took it. And it, it should be noted, if Hillary Clinton thought this stuff or her campaign thought this stuff was true, don't you think they would have been screaming it from the rooftops? Remember the whole grab her by the situation? The media held that until the very end when it would have maximum impact. But they know that releasing false information would be self-defeating, so they wouldn't do that. It's not because they're not willing to go there. It's because they know it wouldn't help them. So this is all quite clear. This, there's not a lot of gray area here, whether BuzzFeed wants to pretend there was or not. New York Times passed on. Do you think the New York Times had passed an opportunity to, to nail Trump? Now, because BuzzFeed was first through the breach on this, a lot of others are following. saying, like, look what BuzzFeed said. Look what BuzzFeed said. We're not reporting on it. Intelligence officers come across crap information all the time. I came across inf- I would come across information when I was inside the CIA that was amusing to read because it was so wildly false. But you have... People who are walk-ins who will sit down, you know, with the FBI somewhere, and they'll say, you know, aliens landed in my yard, and they had Abu Musab al-Zarqawi and Hitler, and we had tea, and they wanted me to go be a suicide bomber, and this stuff does happen. Now, just because someone says it, it doesn't mean that then I could take that report, let's say, if my FBI colleagues or someone shared it with me, and run up to the seventh floor at Lang and be like, guys... There's this plot with Hitler and Zarqawi and and Rosie O'Donnell and they're all together and the aliens and no they would the agency would make me have a sit down with some doctors and 
have a talk about the future of my clearance. I mean, that's, but there's crazy stuff out there, and you have to be able to differentiate between the crazy and the nonsense. Now, people would say, Buck, this is an alien's landing. Look at the way Trump treats women. I, I understand that that's where the argument would now go, but there's no verification of any of this, and there's, there's red flags in that there's false information in it. And nobody even took the time to do a few Google searches or to check at all on any of it. And if we're now in a place where the media can publish completely unsubstantiated information, I mean, when I write an op-ed for CNN or anywhere for that matter, but recently I've done it a few times for CNN, you know they'll they'll say, oh well, you know, do you have a do you have a source for this? Do you have a source for that? And I'm saying, I, do I do I do I need a source for Obama's divisive? I think that's just my opinion, man. But they're constantly trying to make sure they cover themselves for for legal reasons from being out there and saying things that would be problematic. Constantly. But BuzzFeed goes out there with this. It's because they hate Trump. That's it. And they figured that this was a way to this is going to overshadow, at least for the next few days, anything going on with the inauguration. Uh, I do think it benefits Trump, but it's not something that the media was expecting. I just think that they have lost objectivity, some of them. I think that BuzzFeed got, uh, its head got a little fuzzy. There were some furballs there from all the cat videos, and they went with this, and now they're going to pay, pay the consequences. I don't know if it'll be financial or not, but certainly in the realm of public opinion, when it comes to their credibility, they've got a big problem here. Big, bigly. Big league. Wow, it does sound really similar when you say it that way. I'm waiting for the Trump administration to do something really dumb and really problematic so that we can tear it apart. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm waiting in anticipation, like, but I, when that happens, that will be the reaction. But I do have to say that the media is making more and more uh, strong Trump supporters out of much of the country, and I think even some other people in media who are very skeptical of Trump, just because they're throwing the kitchen sink at him all the time. Everything, all the time. And he did a, a really good job in the press conference because he, he, know, he knows how to fight this game. You see, this is the big shift. This is the big change. This is why BuzzFeed is overreaching. This is why the New York Times is apoplectic over all this stuff. This is why CNN is like, we're journalists, but we hate Trump. But we're journalists, but good journalists hate Trump. And there's this schizophrenia in the media's mind about all this stuff. They're not used to a Republican or to a person, whether you even think he's a Republican or conservative or not, who knows the games the other side plays and can pull off rolling up the sleeves and saying, bring it. They're not used to this. Look at Bush. Nice guy. Honorable man. You know, kind of a silver spoon trustafarian who was pretending to be a little more Texan than he was. I mean, I'm not as in love with W as some other conservatives are. He's a good guy. I've met him. I talked to him. He's, I can understand why people like him and vote for him. And, and I do think that he, I think he loved the, loved the military and the troops with, with all his heart. I, I believe that. I saw it in his eyes. Uh, I think he's a good man. I think he's got a, a good family. You know, so there's a lot of positives there. But. You don't want Bush up there getting peppered in a press conference by the New York Times and these other people. He's going to get going to get flustered. And with Trump, they're not used to this. They and they're still trying to find a way around it. 
But when he called out, whether you think it was fair or not, he understands the dynamics of TV. He understands the dynamic of the cable news feud. One of the dumbest anchors on cable news, and I will not name him because I don't want to be rude. I will just say he doesn't work at Fox. Would always say when I would come on set, hey, hey, we don't need to go back to that subject. Nobody wins a cable news fight. And I would look at him and be like, you're a moron. People win. That's the, This whole business is built on winning a cable news fight. Not winning in the sense that necessarily the argument prevails, but every time, every segment, there is a, a back and forth. There's a debate. People are watching, and they think that either one person or the other person came out with the stronger appearance, came out on top, every time. This is what this business is based on. I mean, at least the punditry side of it. Trump understands that. And so whether you believe that it was fair for him to say that CNN is fake news or not, it was, a, it was like a sucker punch to them. He pulls it off. I have to say, Michael Moore was in an interview with Chris Hayes, whom I should meet at some point because I don't know this guy, but I always say, well, I hear he's nice. I'm sure I'm going to meet him and turn out he's like really mean, but anyway. Uh, Michael Moore sitting there with Chris Hayes. Michael Moore had some astute analysis on this. I mean, a lot of other things he says are crazy, and I think he kind of hates America, but that's not the point. He said Trump pulls it off. It's really true. This is what unsettles them so much now. They threw everything at him, and he still won the election, and now they're throwing everything at him to try to delegitimize him to stop him he just keeps on coming i give kellyanne conway credit too she's a brawler these people are brawlers you know we we had romney before we had the well you know let's let's have a let's form a consensus opinion on this and i think the conservative values are more applicable in this circumstance and could uh, help and we can come together and it didn't work didn't work Obama's hope and hope and change and dreams and all that stuff that all that all beat it, and the media was all in all all in on Obama's side, and now they're all in against as they always have been against the Republicans. But with Trump, there's something something different happening here. All right, eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three team LL Bean. I got my Bean boots right next to me right now, next to my boat shoes, of course, of which I have. I don't know, four pairs in different colors. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. It's the only shoes I really have, my bean boots and my boat shoes. And one pair of loafers, so if I have to look fancy, I can. Why am I talking about bean boots? you got to stay with me. I'll be right back, and then I'll tell you. Let's go to commercial. This is the Buck Sexton Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Team, what I've been saying to you about Trump derangement syndrome is very real. Uh, you've got Rupert Myers, GQ editor. And this is this is important to keep in mind. This is not the, the normal left-wing media stuff we're seeing now. This is a whole other level. It's got Rupert Myers from his official Twitter account. Just tweeted out earlier today, at the beginning of the hour, actually, today. Could Obama, this is a quote... From Rupert Meyer's official Twitter account, GQ Writer. I didn't even know GQ is still a magazine. Apparently it is. 
Could Obama murder Trump and Pence, then pardon himself? Question mark. Asking for humanity. End quote. That's wildly irresponsible. Border borderline going to get a visit from the Secret Service, I think. Uh, this guy might get fired, but the point is not that this is, oh, look at this, another idiot who's saying something about doing harm to the president-elect. Well, that's part of it. That this is how much they they are self-defeating with their hatred of Trump. It is crossing wires for them. It's going to a place where they can't seem to keep it together. They're throwing their careers away over this guy before he's even taken day one in the office. This should tell you something about how invested against this administration they really are. I mentioned earlier today I was on uh, Maria Bartiromo's excellent, I'd highly commend it to you all, uh, morning show on Fox Business. I posted the clip on Facebook.com slash Buck if you want to check it out. And one of the things that I was trying to get to, or I mentioned briefly, and I would spend more time, and I, by the way, Bean Boots, I haven't forgotten. We're going to get to Bean Boots in a sec. One of the things is that journalists believe that their ethics as hu- as human beings and citizens of this country overrides their journalistic professional ethics. That's the excuse that I think they have in their minds for all of this. That's what's happening now. And you're going to see more of it. People are going to get fired. They're going to they're going to light their careers on fire because they're so spiteful of Trump and his supporters. And as much as a lot of conservatives opposed Obama and thought that he was doing a terrible job, you'd think you'd think there would have been more who went to this length where they said something that would legitimately take them out of the public sphere. But no. This level of emotionalizing politics is more prevalent. I know it's not solely on the left, but it's more prevalent on the left than it is on the right. And this there's one. This is one of many. We got Rosie O'Donnell. I think she, I don't know if she's kidding. I don't think she is. Martial law? Does she even know what martial law would mean? I don't think so. It just sounds good to her right now because she hates Trump so much. Uh, all right, LL Bean. Speaking of Trump. And stuff. Uh, LL Bean is a company that's been around a, what is it, a, six, a long time. And I'm trying to just pull up the, as I'm talking about this, the latest. Here's what happened. It's bullying uh, me. It's bullying the companies that I own. And the bully, bullying the one that I partly am on, the L.L. Bean Company, which I've owned since I was a child. Yeah. My grandfather gave me the first share of stock the day I was born. That's so, awesome. So I've been on the board for decades. I think I've done a, a good job for our employees, and they're the ones. The, the, they're the victims. Mm-hmm. The company's employees, if the boycotts succeed in these cases, we're not the only one. It's bullying. That was the, uh, the I believe, the chair or the owner. Uh, she's on the board as well of L.L. Bean, which, I ha- like I said, my, my winter boots are L.L. Bean duck boots and have been now for quite a while. She's saying there's this organized boycott against her company now because she donated. She gave $60,000 to the Make America Great Again LLC, which spent a total of $66,000 on pro-Trump materials and online broadcast advertising. The FEC letter warned the organization, uh, organization now could face punishment for the donation. 
Your group, which is not registered as a super PAC, is only legally able to accept individual donations that do not exceed $5,000. So there's this effort to boycott L.L. Bean and L.L. Bean heiress Linda Bean, hence L.L. Bean, like Jack and the Beanstalk. Uh, She's saying that when you boycott a company like L.L. Bean, you're not punishing her, really. She's going to be fine. She's got a lot of money. She's going to be just fine. What it does mean, though, if there's a real drop in sales, is that perhaps a factory will close. Perhaps stores will close. People that work for her company will lose their jobs. This is the way the left mind works, though. The leftists think to themselves, we hate Trump. We hate anyone who supports Trump. We will attack anybody who supports Trump, even if that means we're just attacking people who work for them. Doesn't matter. Collateral damage. Casualties of war. Maybe, you know, these things happen. You got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. I think it's important that this sort of thing is getting attention right away. And I like that Donald Trump is coming out as president saying support L.L. Bean. They're going to say boycott him. No, don't boycott him. Buy him. Go for it. I'd love to get L.L. Bean as a sponsor on this show. Their boots are awesome. I wear them all the time. Uh, 888-900-3393 on the phones. We'll be right back, team. You're listening to Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network.